from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. That's where you're listening live. You are watching live on Facebook.com backslash LiveNowDT, and we're happy to be with you inside of the Charney's Menswear and Tuxedo Studios, 3150 Erie Boulevard East in Syracuse, New York. Find what fits you there today. We're jumping right into it with the commissioner of the American Athletic Conference. I've spoken about this conference from its institution and you know it's six years plus going on now and and obviously talking about them this morning and the successes that they've had so without further ado let's bring on the commissioner to speak on it from his point of view mike oresco mike how you doing today hey how are you dan great to be with you as usual thank you yeah absolutely and and you know mike you know for you to to see what this conference has done and, and what this conference has you know, obviously been capable of and whatnot, you know, since its institution, I brought up the fact of, of where things cur- currently stand right now. And when we look at, you know, some of those pieces of, you know, undefeated as well as one loss, you have SMU undefeated at 8-0, and and you lead the country in one-loss teams with Cincinnati, Navy, and Memphis. So amongst all of these teams, you know, a lot of success, and, and none of those are named UCF, who has two losses and is having success themselves and, you know, will be heading to a bowl game this year. So, you know, just what you can say about how, you know, UCF, and we talked about a little bit off the air, and maybe to go to some of those points, UCF has been the bell cow, but now we're seeing SMU and Memphis prime time, and obviously Navy feels like they're back. Cincinnati has been steadily increasing under Luke Fickle. I mean, this conference is, is obviously proving itself to, to maybe the people that needed that proof, so to speak. Well, you know, Dan, I always felt that this would happen, and it was frankly happening a little bit under the radar the last several years. Now, granted, you know, we got the big TV deal with ESPN because of our success. And we had, you know, game day last year and the prime time last year. But, uh, you know, you, you alluded to uh, your view of this conference. And, and I think it's I'm pleased that, you know, the people like you have been vindicated. Uh, you know, we had a lot of people who really doubted we'd, we'd amount to anything. You know, they thought we would not be nationally relevant and that we were consigned to the dusty. You know, when the, those Big East basketball schools broke off, they got a lot of favorable publicity. You know, they're going back to their roots, you know, all this stuff. And we, we were sort of given up for dead. And it really pleases me to see, you know, what we're doing and that, that people like you and, and you were one of, of several who, who believed that this conference had a future, uh, you know, being vindicated. And, and I think, again, the best is yet to come, believe me, uh, because success breeds success. And we've had a tremendous, uh, in, you know, a tremendous uh, improvement in recruiting. And uh, the transfer portal has actually helped us. We weren't sure how that would affect us. But because we're in Texas, because we're in Florida, because we're, you know, Memphis is in a central location for football. We've got, uh, you know, a team in Louisiana. We've got a team in Ohio. We're in great markets, Pennsylvania. We're, we're getting transfers who want to come home and, and play for a really good team and a good league. Um, so that's helped us too. But I, I think the, the, you know, obviously you talked about the depth and, and the fact that we've got other teams now in the mix. And, and that's really, really important. You know, this week I've done some interviews, obviously, uh, you know, uh, 
the uh, game day and the primetime game have uh, generated a lot of interest. Uh, but think about it. You know, we want to be on New Year's Day. You know, we've been there four times out of six years. We thought we easily could have been there the other two times in terms of the strength of our conference. Uh, but that's not, you know, in the end, it's more important. And, and, and believe me, I'm not t- trying to uh, minimize the importance of being on New Year's Day and having a chance to play those big P5 games with all that publicity and viewership. But it's more important, Dan, that we're a top-to-bottom strong conference because that's the only way we'll really be viewed as a P6. You know, we have to be viewed like the other conferences. Right now we're being compared extremely favorably to the ACC. You take Clemson out of the mix and, and you know, are we better than the ACC? I don't know, but the point is we're being compared favorably. We're being compared favorably to... Uh, one of the Big Ten divisions uh, uh, being compared favorably to the Big 12, to the Pac-12. You know, we have uh, six P5 wins, and we would have had our usual eight if we, uh, you know, we, we lost uh, the heartbreaker to Pittsburgh. We should have won that game. Probably uh, UC, USF should have beaten Georgia Tech. They're on the one-foot line, first and goal. And, uh, you know, just some things happened. They didn't score, you know, in the fourth quarter. They would have won that game. Uh, and we also, remember, played four teams that were, in the top 10 and were undefeated when we played them, you know, Oklahoma, Ohio state, you know, Auburn, um, and, uh, Wisconsin. So we, we play a really tough schedule. You know, we played Oklahoma state, we played Michigan state, we played a lot of teams like that. So, you know, we're, we're doing what we've typically been doing, uh, in terms of, of competitiveness, but now you're seeing teams emerge. Memphis has been there. Let's face it. You know, they're just a little better now than they were last year. But the year before that, they were terrific. And they almost beat UCF in the championship game, double overtime. And they were a tremendous team. You know, you, uh, Houston's going to, you know, they're playing hard. Uh, the, the season is not tanked at all. And they're going to be really good under Dana. And Tulsa is another story. You know, they almost a uh, field goal away. And I feel terrible for the poor kicker. I really do. And I hope he makes some great kicks down the road. Uh, but, uh, you know, they, they were ready to beat our t- two of our best teams. So they're, they're a very tough, resilient team. Tulane is obviously, we didn't mention Tulane, and they're one of the better stories of our conference this year. And even though they've lost a couple of games, they lost a heartbreaker to Navy. Uh, look, look at what they've done and uh, look at the improvement they've made. Uh, and look at how they played Auburn at Auburn, extremely tough. So, you know, again, uh, now you have Cincinnati under Luke Fickle, as you mentioned. Uh, you have Temple, it's still a powerful team, even though they just happened to run into a couple of our offensive juggernauts. And uh, UCF, you mentioned the two losses, and yet they may still have as much talent as anybody in our conference. You know, the fact that they had two losses by literally a combined four points, uh, you know, doesn't uh, mean that they're suddenly not, you know, one of our top teams. Uh, USF has been, again, uh, a bit up and down, but, you know, they've got talent. And ECU has got the right coach, and they're on the right track. It's just going to take them a little time. Uh, but and, and UConn, of course, has been struggling, but they'll, they'll be leaving the conference, so they're not going to be a factor down the road. So anyway, Dan, that, that's the perspective, and, and I'm just thrilled that top to bottom, getting this good because i think we'll 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 be able to keep keep this going well yeah and that's the thing speaking here with the commissioner of the american athletic conference mike oresco this morning you know and i was going to ask you to go around the league and and you did exactly that but you know i do want to get to a point because you and i have spoken about this and you had mentioned it with with uconn leaving you know it's going to make 11 in football because you don't have wichita state obviously you know football wise so I know you said, you know, we're not going to call anybody. 
They have our number. They can call us. We're not going to, you know, go and seek out just anybody to join this. They have to fit our model. They have to, you know, fit what we're trying to do here. Everybody's got to be in agreement with it. But I, I will say to you, and, and I feel like you and I have, have been candid. We've been very open and honest. I personally don't want to see the divisions go away because I think these divisions are stacking up to be something truly special. I mean, UCF and USF have perennially been at the top of the East and Temple has been up there with them. Cincinnati has now squeaked in there. I agree with you that East Carolina is going to get better under Mike Houston. And I don't know if the West has ever been better with SMU and Navy and Memphis and everything they're doing. Tulsa being in so many of these games and their record at 0-4 in the conference doesn't show who they are. Houston is going to have De'Ara King and, and uh, Corbin coming back next year. And they're obviously going to recruit and do more things. Tulane is finally seeing that success. And they're one game away of going to a bowl game and, and under Willie Fritz, who's won everywhere. So, you know, is there any way and has there been any thought to trying to find somebody that, that does fit that model so that you can keep these divisions? Because right now, I, I'm really enjoying, you know, personally and professionally, I'm enjoying seeing the East and the West battle each other all the way to the bitter end. Well, you know, we, um, I would echo that to the extent that we like the divisional play. Our, our membership, enjoys it we weren't looking to uh to try to play this way in fact you know if, if we had stayed at 12 there was never any thought to just having our two best teams play you know asking for a waiver to do that and not playing divisions you know we never thought about that at all we like divisions and I'd, I'd like to someday maybe you know do it again uh the question though is you know whether you you can add a team that really enhance your brand that will enhance your strength that will you know do what you need done and Right now, you know, we, we, we just want to be deliberate, Dan, and thoughtful about it. We don't want to be rushed into anything. That's why the waiver we got from the NCAA that allows us to play with 11 teams and, and play an eight-game schedule and still have a championship game, you know, not have to play around Robin is very important because obviously we can continue to, you know, uh, you know we, we, we buy some time. And uh, yeah. that's really important. I, I, I don't want to also suggest that that means we're, we're on the prowl. You know, it doesn't mean that we're, you know, obviously looking to uh, expand. Uh, on the other hand, we, we'd be alert to it. You know, Jim Delaney once used the term, you know, we're, we're inactive but alert. You know, you're always uh, alert for possibilities. And if there was a team that, you know, ultimately wanted to join us and felt that uh, we were a good fit, you know, culturally, competitively, otherwise geographically, and we felt the same way, then I think we would have some real interest because our membership does like the divisional play. Absolutely. We like the 12 teams. You know, we, we've enjoyed uh, the, the divisions. Now, having said that, um, the 11-team schedule, I think we'll be able to work out a schedule, and I, I can't get into the weeds on this, but I think we'll be able to work out a schedule that will have uh, – almost all of our teams playing their their former divisional rivals as well as you know teams from the other divisions what what, what you know, get teams from what was the other division and essentially um we'll you know we'll have to uh you know work out the buys and all the other things that, that you have to do not going to be easy but we we do have the big 10 template all those years when they had penn state and they did it uh, I think they did it for 18 years with, with 11 teams. Now, granted, they played a conference schedule that was almost a pure conference schedule after, you know, they played their non-conference games. We don't quite do that. So it's nuanced for us, and we've got some tremendous people, obviously, working on it here within the conference. But 
the other the other aspect of this is we will match our two best teams in the championship game. That'll probably, at least for the short term, help us with the college football playoff because you'll be you'll you know when you match your two best teams, obviously the team that that you know uh, wins is is uh, you know it, it may not in the divisional play have been a team that really had a shot at the playoff. But if you match your two best teams, you know, you, you've got that shot. And, and I, I say playoff, I also mean obviously the new year's six. So it, it may help us in that regard. And the other thing that, um, you know, we're, we're looking, you know, at, at ways to do this that, you know, obviously maintains, you know, certain games, uh, obviously the USF UCF game is very important, but for, for the, you know, the two-year waiver period, that game will continue to be played, and, and, and down the road I would expect it to be played if, in fact, we don't add a team. Uh, the other thing, again, we this waiver's only, Dan, for two years, and yeah. um, you can you can reapply for a waiver, but my understanding is it's very difficult to uh, to get another one, to, to get an extension of a waiver. At that point, you would be better advised, from what I understand, to, to press for legislation that would make something like this permanent, that where you could continue to do it. It doesn't mean you'd want to do it. You might want to get back to 12. Um, and, and so we, we may press for legislation, and that's not that's not uh, easy either. It's not a slam dunk by any means. And then finally, you know, and this is the key point, I, I don't want to say anything inadvertently or otherwise that might rile up the college community and make, make again, people think we're on the prowl and that we're, you know, we're looking for that 12th team. We, we certainly know that there are a handful of teams that might, you know, really add a lot to our conference, enhance our brand. Uh, but again, right now, you know, we don't really see, you know, the, the interest out there. And if, if something materializes down the road, I, I think we'd be obviously uh, inclined to seriously look at it. Why wouldn't we? You know, again, we love the divisional play. It's a shame, unfortunately. You know, we got thrown this curveball with UConn. And it's, uh, you know, it's just something we have to adapt to. Right. And, and, and for you, like, I mean, it buys you some time. You know, this, this waiver to play your conference championship in 2020 and 2021, which just came out. And the story actually came out on my birthday, which is kind of ironic. But, That's you know, to, <laughs> thank you. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, on October 21st. So, you know, with, with seeing this and, and, and seeing, you know, it, it buys you some time. It buys you time to either, you know, seek the legislation. It buys you, you know, a couple of years to look around at the teams to have open conversations. So I'm sure as the commissioner sitting in your chair, knowing that you have the waiver, you're going to play one, obviously, coming up here in 2019, and then you have one for 2020 and 2021, it's got to make you feel good that you're now going to have ample time to weigh all of your options, all of your avenues to ultimately make a good and educated and, and wholesome decision instead of, like you said, having to rush to the table. No question about it. You know, you, you wouldn't want to add a team that, that you really felt didn't, didn't uh you know, enhance the brand, didn't strengthen your conference. Uh, you know, you want you want your TV partners, you know, also TV partner, really ESPN, you know, uh, and they, they don't get involved in this kind of thing, but we'd want to make sure that we're providing, you know, good value to them if we were to do something like that. It's it, it, a combination of things, as you know, and as I said, you have to have a good cultural fit. You, you would prefer a geographical fit, obviously, although geography seemingly is, is almost less important in football, especially if you had added a football-only school because obviously you only if you, if you continue to play the eight conference games, and that's our plan, you would play only four away games. And, and uh, you know, we're uh, kind of centered in the middle of the country now, Dan. You know, we've got a few schools, yeah. obviously, up and down the East Coast, but most of our schools are in the midsection. And, and so... 
you know, ge- geography might not be quite, you know, as important. Uh, and, but the other thing is we, and we just want to make sure that uh, we continue to build build the brand. You know, we, we've got terrific schools. But again, I'm, I'm not suggesting that we love the 11 teams. You know, we really would much rather have stayed at 12. And, and I could see us down the road being at 12 again. I just don't, you know, know when, when that might be. Yeah, coming from Mike Oresko, the commissioner of the American Athletic Conference. Mike, I know you got a jam-packed uh, weekend coming up here, so I, I will only take a couple minutes here of your time, but I do want to get to two big points, and uh, so we'll bring it home with what's coming on this weekend. But the the California ruling to allow a pay-for-play and to state that you know as a student-athlete can make money on their name, image, and likeness has been picked up by the NCAA. California pushed the NCAA. There were other states looking at legislation, states where you have teams. And, you know, with all of those things going on and states trying to figure it out on their own, ultimately the NCAA said, you know what? You can make money off your name, image, and likeness. And so for you as the commissioner, what does that do? It's supposed to be for all divisions, one, two, and three. Uh, There could be, you know, I and JUCO as well. But, you know, how do you look at this? Because you've been in collegiate athletics and around collegiate athletics for, you know, a a very, very long time. And you've seen so many different angles of it from different jobs you've done. What do you think about the fact that the NCAA has been pushed by the states and their response was, okay, we're going to allow athletes in college, amateur athletes, to make money off of their name, image, and likeness? Well, first of all, I do. Uh, I have been around college sports a long time. I love college sports, and I understand, you know, it, it from both perspectives. You know, the media perspective, and now being a, a commissioner. Uh, as far as uh, name, image, and likeness, I don't envy the committee that has to come up with act, an actual concrete plan because it's going to be very, very difficult. You know, I can understand why we'd want to, you know, move somewhat on this on this matter, but I'm I'm very, very concerned. Uh, I don't want to go down the slippery uh, slope of paper or play. And I also recognize that because we're a national enterprise and we recruit against each other, you uh, you really can't have something like this uh, affecting recruiting. You know, you don't want endorsements, uh, as I've said, to be used as essentially a recruiting tool or a retention tool by uh, companies in a particular team's market because the schools wouldn't be doing this, obviously. This, these would be endorsements by companies. And how do you regulate it? How do you know that uh, somebody's being paid, you know, market price and not being paid, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars more just to, to essentially to stay at that school or to, or to come to that school to begin with? You know, we're talking about recruiting here, and, and this whole name, image, and likeness thing is, is important. The other thing, uh, I, I really believe in the amateur model, and, and I – I get discouraged and frustrated that, you know, a lot of people in the media talking about this and a lot of these state legislatures honestly don't have a, you know, much of an idea of what they're really talking about or what some of the nuances are. Uh, you know, we, we obviously uh, are a competitive, uh, you know, uh, group across, uh, you know, the entire country. You have to have national rules, national standards. The entire California thing was probably in my estimation, was probably done to uh, prod the NCAA, to prod the organization. Uh, I'm not sure that California necessarily expected its rules to be implemented. I mean, they put them off till 2023, and I can't read the minds of those legislators. But um, I thought their uh, their proposal was broad, didn't didn't involve a lot of thought, didn't re- didn't take into account what might happen to college athletics as we know it, and it's a tremendous thing. 
Uh, also, you know, it, it comes down again to uh, this notion that, well, the players are somehow exploited. And, and you know, uh, I guess most students in the student body would love to graduate debt free uh, and also have had the benefit of great competition, great coaching, nutrition, weight room, all the great things, uh, preparation for pro careers. If that's what they're able to do. And not everybody is uh, having the university's prestige be conveyed to, you know, on these, these, uh, you know, student athletes uh, supporting all these Olympic sports that don't, don't generate a dime in revenue and, and cost a lot of money. Uh, you know, obviously generating these great tournaments where all you get all this attention. Uh, I, I guess these are all forms of exploitation based on what, you know, you read. Uh, and the point is uh, maybe there's a way, maybe there's a way, with name, image, and likeness, if it doesn't directly relate to an athlete's success, you know, to do it. But, you know, I'll be darned if, if I can really figure out a way that, that I think is uh, not going to maybe lead to something worse down the road. You know, and the other thing is, you know, you have unintended consequences with everything. And, and we've seen so many examples of legislation that has unintended consequences. And that's what angers me sometimes. You know, you, you, I don't think the government ought to be uh, getting involved. They don't understand NCAA sports uh, and they don't understand. And, and you've had something magnificent for so many years and you're really trying to perhaps change it dramatically in a way that it shouldn't be changed. You know, nobody's forcing these kids to go to these schools. You can go to the uh, XFL, you can go to the G League, you can go to China and make a million dollars. You can go to, you know, um, Europe and make a million dollars. You don't have to do this. But if you do, I think the, the schools have a, have a right to, uh, to run an amateur enterprise in the way that they do. The money gets plowed typically back into all the, you know, facilities. You know, there are abuses, of course. There are issues. You know, coaches' salaries are always a hot-button issue, but you wouldn't have these coaches in college if it weren't for, you know, the money they're being paid. Um, and, and the other thing, too, is, you know, we, we have a, um, you know, again, a system that really relies on, you know, a certain comedy in the locker room, a certain a certain a sense that this is amateurism that, that you're you're playing for your school you're playing obviously for yourself as well but you you have a there's something that, that's great about it and let's say okay the, the star quarterback and there aren't that many of, of these guys around or the star center on the basketball team or the star forward or the star guard is is getting a huge endorsement contract or is doing all sorts of things and you know has a bad game or has whatever and, you know, the other guys are getting nothing and then the media gets on, you know, these people, uh, you know, you, you know how that can be. And you know how, you know, sometimes the focus can be on just money and endorsements. And suddenly you, you've got creeping professionalism and, and then, you know, it changes what we're doing dramatically. Now, I don't know if any of these legislators have given it any thought. I don't think the California thing, you know, is, is uh, you know, but again, I'm not sure what, what they were really getting at on that. But the one thing I would would say procedurally, I don't understand how that would ever stand up. You know, you've got a national uh, undertaking, a national enterprise. You can't have individual states determining their rules that would affect the entire group. I mean, it's, it's, it just makes no sense on its face. And and I don't know whether, you know, ultimately, uh, if the NCAA, if this committee makes a recommendation, the NCAA adopts it in California, insists on going further. Uh, which is probably very likely because their bill was so broad it was ridiculous, uh, then I think you're going to end up with a big fight anyway, you know, a, a potential big court fight. We've been, we've been having that court fight on pay-for-play, and, and fortunately we've been, been winning. It's still a dangerous situation, but you know, we've, we've, you know, we, we do do cost of attendance. We were thinking about that anyway. 
uh, and I'm sure name, image, and likeness was something that was percolating anyway. Maybe there was prodding because of these uh, state laws. But what what I'm concerned about is I, I don't I don't really feel that uh, you know we should you know change. And, and the board said this. You know, the board said this, and uh, President Drake said this. We don't want to change the model. We don't want to let this affect amateurism. And that's where the catch is. I, don't, I just don't know how this committee is going to navigate this. And we've talked to the committee, by the way. They've been they've been um, you know. Uh, soliciting the views of the conferences and we've made i think a real contribution to that debate uh, and uh, we talked about some of the issues you're going to have use of marks uh you know uh, the time spent on endorsements is that going to interfere with practice with other things is it you know are there are other uh, you know there are other issues that are going to come into play and they're looking at all that and as i said earlier i, I don't envy their their task i think you have some great people on that committee but i just don't envy what they have to do no, absolutely, and it opens up a door to so many different things, the different pieces to talk about, like you brought up, and something that we'll continue to, you know, keep in conversation here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. A final, final piece here, Mike. Speaking here with the Commissioner of the American Athletic Conference, Mike Oresco. We've talked about it. We've alluded to it. You had College Game Day with with UCF. You know what that feels like. We talk about a conference that doesn't get enough respect, yet College Game Day came into town last year with UCF. This year they're going to Memphis for the first time ever. They're not going to Penn State, Minnesota, two undefeated teams. They're going to SMU and Memphis with two teams that could very well be undefeated. SMU is, and Memphis is one away, and one play away and one official's call away from really being undefeated. So 15-1 and one between the two of them. What can you say about College Game Day? Once again, spotlighting the American Athletic. They're going to be there all day long. It's the primetime game on NBC at 7.30 p.m. this Saturday, November 2nd. Two tremendous teams. Sonny Dykes is doing great in his second season. Mike Norvell has changed the tide of coaches in the American by extending instead of leaving and going to another school. There's so much behind this game and two great teams on top of the already positives that UCF has helped to build over the last couple seasons. What are your thoughts on this one? Well, uh, by the way, um, the game is on ABC, and I know I know that's what you meant to say. It's uh, yeah. it's an ABC game, not not NBC. And uh, you know, uh, Penn State uh, actually the Penn State game uh, would, would overlap with um, LSU Alabama. They're going to have a tough choice on that one, but you know, LSU Alabama is another one of those game of the centuries. Uh, I give kudos to ESPN, Dan. I, I think they really. Uh, you know, uh, shown that they care about college college uh, football and the larger picture in college football. Uh, I think they've they've done something they didn't have to do. They could have gone other places. They could have gone to Georgia, Florida, because that's obviously a big game this weekend. Uh, and they've got others. You know, they've got Oregon, USC, uh, but they chose uh, you know to go to to Memphis where they hadn't been. Uh, and they I think wanted you know to highlight our league because the league has been strong and these two teams are terrific and they're going to play an important game but also the SMU story which has resonated nationally you know this is a team that's you know it, it, you know had the death penalty had uh, wandered in the wilderness for years and years had, had you know modicum of success here and there but not much and now all of a sudden uh, with Sonny Dykes and with what they've done in our league have, have built a real a real team and, and uh, are, are really a good team and I think ESPN is, is recognizing that and uh, the fact that uh, not only are they doing the game in prime time, but they're they're taking game day there. That that's huge for us. 
but it's also, I think it says a lot of good things about them and who they are and what, what they're trying to do with game day. You know, they, as you know, they've gone to, you know, they've gone to, they've gone to North Dakota state, South Dakota state, you know, they've gone to the Monan Bell, you know, with DePaul and Wabash. They've gone, I think to even Amherst Williams. I think they've gone obviously to Harvard, Yale. They, they've gone to Times Square. They, they really have promoted college football. Now we had, you know, the Temple, Notre Dame game at Independence Hall in Philadelphia a few years ago, and that was obviously Temple was undefeated, and, and ABC had to be assured that, that it would be a, a good game for prime time, and, and it certainly was. Uh, but they decided to take game day there. That was, of course, in large part due to Notre Dame. But to have conference games two years in a row and to have game day at your conference game two years in a row shows how far our league has come and how, how far our league. Uh, you know, the kind of potential the league, you know, still has. So again, uh, I tip my hat to, you know, to Burke Magnus, to Jimmy Pitaro, to people at ESPN, Lee Fitting, all the people that, you know, are involved in, in a decision like this. I think it's terrific for college football. I hope, you know, as I always do, that we give them a really, really good game. Uh, it's going to be apparently, knock on wood, beautiful weather, Friday, Saturday uh, uh, in, in Memphis. And that's going to be, be a really nice scene on Beale Street. Uh, that promotes the city, it promotes Memphis. And Memphis deserves this, Dan. They, they've been very competitive now since 2014. Justin Fuente built that program. Mike Norvell took over, really hadn't missed much of a beat. Uh, they've been incredibly good. They, they've had they had the big win in 2015 against under Justin against Ole Miss when they had just beaten Alabama. That was a huge win. It put us on the map as a conference, I think, in football. Uh, they had the big win over UCLA a few years later on a beautiful sunny day in the in the Liberty Bowl. They uh, they played those incredible series of games against UCF. I mean, they were just great games for the most part, and especially that championship double overtime game a few years ago. Uh, you know, they played competitive games, and they've really done a lot. And they perhaps because of UCF's success, because Houston went to the uh, beat, you know, the uh, New Year's Day game hit back in '15, and, and really hit you know had some big big wins in '16. Maybe Memphis has been overshadowed a bit, but they deserve the spotlight too, and the city does. Uh, and I, I'm just really pleased. Uh, how can you not be pleased? Of course. And, and I'll be there. It'll be a lot of fun. Uh, but, uh, again, the, 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 the credit really does go to ESPN. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and that game 7:30 PM Eastern time this Saturday, November 2nd on ABC, once again, to so make sure you're watching it and game day and all the festivities, Mike, uh, as always safe travels, you know, be well. I look forward to talking with you soon. We've opened a lot of doors to more conversations to be had and, so, you know, I hope you enjoy the game. I hope it's a tremendous one. And knowing these two teams, it absolutely will be. Well, thanks, Dan. First of all, I, you know, I want to say, uh, you know, happy birthday. Uh, again, Thank have you. a great, uh, uh, you know, uh, yeah, I guess it's Halloween today. I didn't even know it, <laughs> it is Halloween. It's hard to believe. I mean, you lose track of time. Uh, but anyway, uh, thanks again for having me. I always enjoy the conversations. Obviously, you're always knowledgeable. You know what we're doing and what's happening in college football and college sports. And I enjoy the conversations. Uh, I hope that, again, we, we give everyone a good show this weekend. But thanks for having me on. Absolutely. And uh, take care. And we'll, I guess we'll see you out there in Memphis, Tennessee. So that'll be good. Absolutely, Dan. You have a good week. Thank yeah. you.